Hello and welcome to Juggling Podcast number 24. My name's Luke. You're not asking me. <laughs> My name's Luke Burge. Beside me is Paula Brendel. And uh, we're recording this in Berlin. Um, wow! Yoohoo! Woohoo! Back at home for one night before heading off again. Yeah, half a night. Yeah. Uh, six o'clock. Getting up for me isn't a full night's sleep. Yeah, that's true. No, we're leaving at six o'clock. We'll be getting up at about five o'clock in oh, the morning. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is uh, Juggling Podcast number 24. I've already said that. Um, later on, we're doing, I'll uh, be playing in the interview with uh, that we did uh, quite a long time ago, wasn't it? It was like in January or February at the yeah, Scottish Juggling convention, convention with Marco Bonissimo, the, um, the Dutch juggling champion, we could call him, I guess. Uh, and anyway, we talked to him about uh, all kinds of things, about him, his, his, his juggling, his performing. His brother. Uh, and doesn't mention his brother so much in the in the uh, interview, but um, oh yeah, and also the the Dutch juggling championship and how was that put together? And also, um, I think at the end of the end of the interview, he even interviews us a little bit and, and talks a little bit to us. Uh, but yeah, let's move on. Just I just want to talk about a few things. Normally we do some uh, listener feedback, but I I didn't copy the emails properly, so I don't actually have that much feedback to do. Except one person said to me. Um, the music was really, really quick in the podcast last week, and uh, it's true because I had this music importing um, error, sample rate error, but I liked it, so I just left it how it was. And there's a few other bits of feedback. Um, specifically, some people, uh, two people actually emailed me this week and said, "Hey, um, I just I'm a new juggler. I don't know any jugglers. Not part of the social scene of juggling or anything. But I uh, I searched for juggling." on iTunes and for podcasts about juggling on iTunes and found uh, our podcast polar which was quite it's yeah the only one except one other one actually the other one which I listened to from uh, last week and it was actually quite good the audio quality wise you know they've actually really improved it um, so uh, yeah there, there is hope yet which is quite cool um, otherwise other feedback I'm sure there were some good questions but I just off the top of my head I can't really remember them uh, we've Polo and I, news-wise, uh, <laughs> put your breast away. <laughs> if you're going to mess around like that, you know, you've got to take the shame of people hearing you, hearing about it when you... Anyway, so, um, yeah, we've been uh, we've been really busy. Polo's been working in Aachen, and I've been um, getting together a new prop case. And, and dancing. You've been dancing in, yeah, in Aachen. Yeah, a lot. And, and, and I went out partying. Yeah. Yeah, but I've actually been making new stuff because we've got these loads more shows coming up over the summer. And we've been going around with these like three cases for one juggling show. And I wanted to put everything down from three cases into two cases. So I went and got another big one and then put legs for it and fit wheels to it and stuff like that. So uh, I'm sure this is a kind of case that you can buy, um, you know, ready-made as a prop case. What? Yeah, you can buy it soon. Yeah. Well, not from me. No, I'm not going to produce them. But I'm just saying you could probably buy this kind of thing already. But I made, wanted to make it perfect because I wanted to do roller bowler. And normally you've had to have one case on stage with all the props in and one sta- case on stage that I just do roller bowler on. And um, and Polo put it away. <laughs> and, the, uh, and, and so now I've combined them into one so I can actually get my props out of one case and still do roller bowler on the top of it, which is, uh, which is quite cool. I'm actually really, um, really impressed with my engineering um, techniques. Wow. Also, that we did this uh, show last night, and it actually it wasn't last night; it was this morning, wasn't it? Because it was a it was a midnight variety show up in Hamburg, and um, and the easel that we use for our painting routine is it just completely fell to bits. I've mended did it you now. Mended. I've just oh. mended it this evening. Um, Thank you. I, I just oh, I completely forgot about it. Sorry. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> and the other thing that I've recently made this week is a new set of juggling 
fire torches. Um, and because I've never really ju- found any fire torches that I've been really happy with, and you know they never really juggle that nicely. So at the EJC, we found at the fire toys. No, what was it called? What was the the stall called? Was it Fire Toys? Yeah, Fire Toys stall. They had this big box of crap that they were just throwing out and selling for one euro, two euros a piece and things. So I got these ends of this, uh, uh, I think there was a fire... What? disappeared in it just his legs <laughs> oh yeah because he was really going into that mode. yeah it's a huge big box um and we bought a babash knife for like three euros or something which is uh, they're really nice uh anyway so but yeah there was these ends of staff so i made not like juggling clubs uh, juggling fire torches out of juggling fire torch pieces with like little bits of wick and long handles i've made it out of um out of fire staff which means huge like huge big wicks on the end of these things and uh, and combined the, the ends of fire staffed with some uh, old uh, beard circus special clubs that I had, and I'm really, really and pleased with the. <laughs> yeah, they're the, the loudest, sounds, the, sounds the loudest fire clubs I've ever juggled, and um, and quite cool. So that's what we're going to be doing. Impressive. Uh, so that's going to be a new piece in the um, in the street show festivals that we do this summer. Yep. <laughs> well, let's stop it now. <laughs> You're too distracting. Um, and Just that was say that it wasn't. It wasn't your best that time, but uh, you no, can... No, it wasn't anything. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, so... So, no, anyway, so let's let's keep moving on because we're just w- waffling and... and uh, um, what was the other thing that I wanted to talk about? Oh, yeah, um, w- no podcast next week. It's that simple because we're, we're... I'd say we're on the road, but we're not we're at sea. We're doing a, um, a cruise ship gig for the next few weeks. Um, so no, no podcast next week because we just... They charge... What is it? Um, 50... 50 cents per minute minute for internet access on the cruise ship. Maybe we could um, go to an internet cafe, but that's a a, a maybe, maybe. Yeah, a maybe. maybe. So uh, uh, I don't know where we're going to be in a week's time. So maybe we'll record something and uh, upload it. We we won't have any interview next week or anything. I don't know what we'll have. Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Final thing that I want to talk about is um, I like applying... Uh, this has got nothing to do with news or anything. This is just some uh, private musings of my own. I like applying things that I read um, about, you know, science and uh, sayings and things like that to juggling and work it out. One thing that I mentioned a while ago on my uh, on the on the juggling blog or my thing on the net blog that I had um, was that the Arthur C. Clarke's three rules of science and technology or his three rules, um, and they are. Uh, I can't remember what, exactly what order it is, but one of them is um, uh, the only way to achieve the um, impossible is to push past the possible into the impossible. I can't remember what it was, but it's a way of in- achieving new stuff. Uh, and the and the second one is um, if a scientist, if an old revered scientist tells you something um, is possible, it probably is possible. But if the same kind of scientist tells you something is impossible it's probably possible as well. So, uh, And the final one was that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And I just worked out that swapping around science uh, for juggling or technology for juggling, you actually get some quite cool cool little uh, sayings and things that any juggling um, sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic. And that's what I actually really like about some of the routines uh, that I've done is that people say, oh, what's the trick? How do you do it? And especially when I combine it with video and also the thing that we do with me and Paula with painting and the colour changing rings at the end as well. I I really want to have advanced juggling look so smooth it's magic. And um, there's other ways you can apply the other things as well. I do believe that if any juggler says that's impossible, that'll never be done, it probably... Is, is a prediction that it actually will be done as well. Um, so, yeah, another one is um, Sod's Law. 
and Murphy's Law, which uh, lots of people get confused. They think they're the same thing. They're not, actually, because Sod's Law is if anything can go wrong, it will. And that's, well, you can't really do anything about that, because if something can go wrong, it will. Now, Murphy's Law is slightly different. Murphy was actually a rocket sled technician, and uh, this is where you stick a man on a little train with rockets on the back of it, and you accelerate him sort of like 40 or 50 Gs, uh, so, and get him up to sort of somewhere near the speed of sand, and then break it really hard. And there's these pressure switches or pressure gauges around the guy on the rocket sled to tell you, you know, how much pressure the person's under, how much G-forces the person is under. And um, and Murphy, the, the the rocket sled technician, he he once connected the the um, the uh, uh, little gauges the wrong way round. And when this guy got off the rocket sled, he'd just been under acceleration up to about 50 Gs in one way, 50 Gs the other way around. And there was blood seeping out of his eyes, and he had cramp and three slipped discs and two broken legs and things. Well, not legs, ribs or something. And uh, and they got off, and because the, the uh, gauges had been put on the wrong way around, there was no data. They just didn't record anything because they'd been put on the wrong way around. And Murphy coined the phrase, which is, um, if there's two ways to do something, and one of them en- can end in disaster, somebody will do it the wrong way. Um, and it's a, it's a great thing to think about when you're doing it, like when you're designing something like a plug that you have to like put an electrical plug into a socket. Um, if there's two way rounds to do it, and they both and you know and the plug can go in either way round, you're gonna blow it up. One person is gonna put it in the wrong way round and blow themselves up. So you've got to design it. So you can't have the disaster. There's no option that leads to disaster. So I share with you this some um, technical uh, talk about Sod's Law and Murphy's Law because of two stories that I um, uh, learnt about this week. One was um, uh, some friends of ours, uh, Jochen and Florian and Jochen from, um, what's they called? Not Get the Shoe? Take That Out. Some of the same members from uh, Get the Shoe. Anyway, they have a three-person routine, and they, I knew they were doing another late-night show, that, like the kind of late-night show that we did last night. Um, and uh, at this kind of thing, you only get about five minutes technical setup for everything. So there's not enough time to run through your routine. You just sort of check the lights, check the music works, and that's about it. And they have a, a piece of music which... Um, uh, it's actually on two CDs, so the the technical guy will put in one CD, press play, and then at the right point, fade across to the other CD uh, about halfway through the routine. Uh, but of course, they didn't have time to s- sort this out. In other words, something could go wrong, and when they got on stage, something did go wrong. Um, and what actually is that happens, they come out on stage, the first piece of music only played for about 15 seconds, and then the technician faded across to the second piece of music, that played for two and a half minutes, and then they were left on stage with no music at all. And they couldn't really do very much, and in the end they pretty much left the stage not happening. It wasn't their fault at all. Um, something could go wrong, and it did, and it pretty much ruined their entire performance. And when I asked them about it, they were like, uh, and then last night on stage, me and Polo went on stage, and um, we gave them a CD. And uh, yeah, again, it was just after Luke told me that story. Yeah, it's literally, I just told Polo about this story because uh, we just met up again after Polo being away for a week, and uh, we met up in Hamburg. Uh, so I mentioned the story. Anyway, we get to the right to the very end of our routine. It's going really well. You know, five minutes so far go past. I pick up the five rings, and Polo picks up the paintbrush right at the end of our routine, and the music just cuts out for our big finale. Yeah, just dead and nothing. Um, and the audience were like, what? And we were like, what? But we sort of carried on and the audience clapped along and then the music came back in and then cut out and came back in and cut out. 
probably just a scratch on the disc or a faulty CD player or something like that. We don't know. The music just disappeared. Yeah, it was very, but, very but strange. The audience was really nice. They they realized immediately that it wasn't our fault, and they they just clapped clapped along to our act. Yeah, it worked out really well. Um, now, the difference between these two situations is that first it actually was Sod's Law. Something could go wrong. Scratch CD, it did. They did have a spare CD um, up there in the technical box, but they hadn't actually played through the CD, so they didn't know anything was going to go wrong. The thing is with um, with the uh, Take That Out show is that they'd set it up so there was an option for somebody to get it wrong. It wasn't like they were just pressing play and then fading out at the end. They had to fade across at the right point. Uh, and here is my big piece of advice for you guys. Um design your routine and your technical setup and your music that either you're in complete control of it throughout the entire thing or if something goes wrong there's a way out and it doesn't lead to disaster if somebody makes a mistake like fades the music across at the wrong time like uh, like happened to the guys in their show uh, have a, a way out now there's a few ways I can see this that they could get around it first is just have one piece of music that you stick put in the CD you press play and at the end of the track um, it's just faded out or it comes to an end and everyone knows exactly what's happening. The other thing that they could have done is at the end of the second piece of music, if there's like have a have a two second pause and then sort of have the same music again or another piece of music that comes in. So if they if it's cross faded at the wrong point, the music could have carried on and they could have actually just carried on with the routine um, through to the very end. But that didn't happen. So it's all about design and um, designing your routine that there can't be a disaster. Or if there is a disaster, it's just down to Sod's Law, because something could go wrong, and it did. Uh, the only disaster that me and Polar has now is that, um, or the only thing that goes wrong, is that when I first edited the music together, I made it so if we dropped, we had enough time to pick up and do it again, or pick up and, and go back into the routine, and uh, and still have time to finish. And now we, we pretty much do it without dropping all that second part of the routine and so we're sort of like not trying to hurry up at the end but try to slow everything down as much as possible Polly stop throwing your shoes around <laughs> sorry um, so yeah that's just a l little bit of advice for everyone putting together a routine um, of course the way that we once did it in the Israeli show that we did we actually have a, a tape and we recorded 45 minutes of video with all the music and everything on the tape and we put it in and we press play and if it goes wrong that's it that would be the end of the and show and there were roughly about a thousand chances to <laughs> yeah. go wrong so many chances to go wrong thankfully we got it all right uh, maybe next time we perform that show we'll we'll work it out so have a backup <laughs> yeah we'll have some kind of backup i'm not entirely sure what we'd do but it needs need that sort of the technical side of that show does need redesigning um but yeah uh, i think that's about it should we move on to the interview polar i'm glad we didn't learn out of mistakes there <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but thanks to the the technical team at the israeli convention who were just fantastic uh, let's move on to the interview with marco bonissimo um which was recorded a long time ago wasn't it polly uh, the scottish convention yep and um where we did the rootberry interviews yeah and uh, and so we held held on to that uh, this interview for a while and then we was at the other interviews and then it was a while ago and then we actually got an email f from someone at martin martin um from from the netherlands and he said hey i've listened to a few of your podcasts now where's the one with marco that you said you did and so uh, here it is enjoy Okay, um, 
Me and Polly are sitting here now and we're drinking tea and we're drinking tea with a, a great juggler, one of my favourite jugglers, um, certainly. His name is Marco Ubonissimo. How are you doing, Marco? I'm just fine. Just a little bit tired from the Scottish Convention, but the tea is, will do great for me. So, Marco, um, uh, let's just get to know you, uh, find out who is Marco. First of all, Marco Bonissimo. Uh, wh- where's the name Bonissimo come from? Because I'm guessing that might not be your real name. Well, your guess might be right. I'll leave that in the middle. Yeah, I mean, it's. I was just thinking about a nice name, and um, this name came up to me, and I said, yeah, that's nice. Let's do it like that. Let's just have Bonissimo as a nice artistic name because just because it sounds cool it sounds cool yeah it does sound like a, a juggling name so just go back to, to um, your, a bit of your juggling history how long have you been juggling and uh, what got you started with your juggling almost 15 years now uh, I started juggling because well my grandmother she bought me three juggling balls um, actually I was studying civil engineering and I got really sick of it so I thought I'm, yeah, I might change my career to something else but what to do? So I decided to do some theater on the street with a white face. And it was fun. I had lots of fun. And my grandmother, she said, she said to me, if you play on the street like that, you should be able to juggle. So she gave me three th- balls. And I never saw actually juggling. So it took me around two weeks to actually learn it. And it was great. I was really, really happy with myself. Cool, and since then, what kind of juggling you specialize in? I mean, I see you do football juggling today. What other kinds of stuff do you do? Well, I like clubs a lot, especially combined with, uh, with the footballs, because they're so different. And at one time, I've, it feels great to play with the footballs, and then, well, when, they, when I'm a bit bored, then I play with the clubs. They're different. It's nice. So, do you consider yourself a, a someone who's interested in football, who juggles, or are you definitely a juggler who juggles footballs? Well, it's an in- inter- interesting story because uh, I started juggling, and I met my uh, my half brothers in the Fondel Park. I didn't know them, and one of them was playing uh, footbag. So I started playing footbag with him, and it was really nice, um, but a bit hard for a show because it's so small. I thought maybe I'd pick up some bigger balls and I started playing with the football. That's how it came to football juggling. So it started off through, through hacky sack but wanting to develop it into something you could perform. Yeah, right. You say you, say you met your half-brother. Yeah. You, could you perform with your half-brother? As well, but this is the other half-brother. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, my oldest half-brother, he, he was really into hacky sack and footbag stuff. Like uh, he, he joined in in the world championships and it was really good. But the other half brother, he was more, yeah, more into a little, yeah, slower stuff like juggling, really easy, not working too hard. So we decided to juggle together, and we have a nice juggling show with clubs. What's the what's your name of your act? Banana Rama. Banana Rama. <laughs> yeah, that's the name of the act. And also in the act, I think if I'm right in doing this, you do tightrope as well. Yeah, that's an, that's another thing. I went to the circus school after stu- studying theater. I thought, well, what can I do with my juggling? I want to perform, but it's hard to find a way. So I went to a circus school, and my teachers, they, well, actually, they forced me to find another thing to do except juggling next to the juggling. You weren't allowed just to go, hey, I'm a juggler, I'm going to do juggling, and that's it. No, they wouldn't allow me to do that. Which circus school did you go to? In Leeuwarden, it's in the north of Holland. It's a private school. It's two old acrobats running it. 
it's a nice school. Yeah, that's it. Cool stuff. So, uh, um, just looking at some of the the, uh, the things that we've got done here. First of all, um, sticking with the football juggling, how hard is it to juggle five footballs? Because I saw you doing it in the show and practicing and warming up. You look, you make. Oh, sorry, five football juggling uh, look really, really difficult. Just almost knocked over Polar's tea out of her hand. <laughs> um, so, how hard is it? Well, actually, I don't know. Uh, you tried it just before the show. Yeah, it's impossible. No, it's not. How much practice did it take to be able to go, well, I'm going to juggle five footballs, and then you went for it? Well, it, it took me a long time. Actually, in the, on the conf convention in Carvin, two years ago, one and a half year ago, uh, I managed to, to do five footballs in a show. It was not really good, not really solid. But you could launch the five football. Yeah, and I was really happy with that. And after that, I just did it every show, and now it's fine. Yeah, because you just have it really solid. I mean, you could seem like you could go for as long as you want. Yeah, normally I can. I just dropped in the end. <laughs> I wanted to force it too long, to take it too long. But. Okay, so uh, just just to just to wrap up about you as a as a performer, what kind of gigs do you do now? I mean, you say you perform with your with your brother, and you, but you started off on the street. Where where's the main uh, uh, source of revenue for you at the moment in the juggling uh, performing kind of area? Well, there are two well two main things. That's the uh, street festivals in the summer. I do a lot of them, and also like the business things, like uh, training uh, training stuff with like uh, management uh, business. Well, shit, crap, whatever. But that's also, yeah, it's part of the part of the job, and I like I like to do it. So uh, with the, with the football, do you only do do you do any like sports gigs or something like halftime shows because you've got all the football skills ready to to break out for that kind of thing? Yeah, it's getting it's getting more and more. Like two weeks ago, I was asked to play in a dream team. That was great, actually, great fun. What do you mean a dream team? Yeah, there was a like a football competition thing and it was like the finale and after the finale there was like a, a dream team playing against well the best players of the of the tournament. And so you what you had to do your dribbling and, and juggling skills and everything in there? Just having fun actually. <laughs> juggling a little bit and making stupid things. That was great. I really loved it. Did you get a lot of gigs over the World Cup season? Not so many actually, but I'll think it will get bigger and bigger. Cool stuff. But well, we won't have another World Cup so close. Yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll see. I mean, there is this year there is the tournament for the uh, for the younger younger football players in Holland, and they invited me to play there in the in the in the stadium. So that's great. That's good. Sounds really good. Um, let's move on to now to some uh, uh, other things as well. Um, first of all, the Dutch, um, not the Dutch juggling convention that we've got written down here, the, the Dutch juggling championships. Um, you were involved in organising that. Yeah, well, actually it was on, a, on, a, on the internet we were talking about it because we thought it would be great to have a competition in, in Holland because it's a different way of thinking about juggling. And, well... We, we we only needed a place to organize it and since I'm I'm working in a children's circus in the north of Holland I had some space w which we could use to uh, well to actually do it and so that also yeah it included that I had to organize a lot but I was not the only organizer so. okay but uh, actually I think Pona's got something important to say about this no what about the Dutch Juggling Championship? No, that was your turn. No, I think I think we were going to thank Marco for something, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, but you will do. Okay, right? well, we're just Thanks. saying that actually, you know, the first time that me and Pola ever got together was at the Dutch 
juggling championships as well. So uh, we owe a lot to you because otherwise, you know, don't know what would happen if we hadn't met there that night and uh, and kissed for the first time. So thank you very much from both of us. Well, that's really good. <laughs> You're really welcome. <laughs> no problem. So uh, yeah, so um, you say uh, what, you know, juggling uh, the competition, a championships is a, is a, a different way of looking at juggling. Um, uh, do you think it's good to have juggling competitions? Like, because there was like two kinds of competitions: the sports juggling kind of side of it, technical, then the artistic competition. So, uh, what do you think about that kind of thing? I think it's good because it raised my level for sure. Because you work on uh, on some tricks, and well, you want to make them solid. You want to get them solid. And you you still drop in the competition, so and you wonder why, <laughs> but it just happens. And I think it's good to. It's it's not the main goal I think for a juggler, not for me at least, to uh, to be part of a competition. But I think it's it's fun to have a different way of juggling next to the well the the normal gigs and the and the festivals. Yeah, because I was part of the I was part of the judging panel. I also hosted it as well, um, and it seemed like the the guys that were taking part were putting a lot of effort into their routines and a lot of thought into it. Um, everyone wanted to plan the routines out in advance. Did you see like a, a noticeable difference? You say in your own juggling, but was there a noticeable difference in the guys who were taking part? Do you think as a whole it was a good thing for the uh, for the juggling scene among that group of Dutch jugglers? Yeah, it's hard to tell because because also the internet has done a lot of good things. But the skills of of the Dutch jugglers, they they really raised a lot the last two years, really a lot. So um, you think juggling is, uh, you think it's a sport? It could be, but that's it. I won't say any, anything more about it. It could be. But for you, it's not a sport. You're definitely an artist, first and foremost. Yeah, but it's it's also like, it's physical. So, well, it's nice that you can also train your body a little bit. Cool. And uh, have you had the? Have you been involved in the Dutch juggling championships? Championship since then? Uh, well, last year I I just well helped a little bit, and this year I didn't do so much. And we'll see what happens. It's in Rotterdam this year, and well, I have to work the second day, but the first day I'll definitely be be there. Cool. And you're going to take part in the technical side of things. I'll try, yeah. It will be hard to win there. Now, while I was there, we sort of, it was still, because it was like the first uh, championships and it was sort of working through all the rules and things. Um, do, has the rules sort of evolved over the time and do you think they actually worked? Does the best juggler win? I don't know. I think the best juggler at that time will win, for sure. Um, it's, well, it went, the, the rules became a little bit more clear, but I think... Anybody can tell who is the best juggler. It's it's just by looking at it, you can say who is the best juggler. There's only rules for that. That's cool. Um, one final thing about that first uh, Dutch uh, juggling championship. It, the thing is, you were the organizer. Yeah. Um, and you entered into the uh, the artistic competition. Yeah. And, and and where did you come in that competition? I won. Yeah, don't you think that's a, a bit strange? <laughs> You're organising it, and uh, I, was, I was cheating a lot. You were? I was cheating. How do you cheat? Uh, I mean, I I, <laughs> I asked all the all the people who were judging. I asked them to come and vote for me. Yeah, you organised the people to come along and judge. Yeah, that was that's it. And they just happened to vote for you. Yeah, good. <laughs> oh well. Okay, because I thought that was a bit sort of a bit too much like Jason Garfield or WJF. He organises a, com- a competition designed almost so he can win and he can be the best in the world. And and I don't know, it's just a bit strange. Yeah, it it depends on how much, uh, yeah, how serious you take would take that. 
and I thought it's just fun to be part of it and I think it was also uh, well useful because otherwise we would not have enough people to join in the first time so I think it's good that I joined in. Cool. So, uh, so just a few uh, questions that we like to ask um, all jugglers that we interview for the Juggling Podcast. First of all, um, who, uh, who are your main inspirations uh, in the juggling world or performing world? Well, before I started juggling, I, uh, I saw uh, one guy in the Fondel Park juggling five clubs, first, uh, no, first three clubs behind his back. And I thought, that is amazing. Do you know who this guy is? Yeah, I know him. After that, he started doing five clubs behind his back. His name was Michiel Hesseling, and he actually was well. He was in the same class as uh, as my uh, my oldest half brother. So, well, we met, and but he was a big inspiration for me to to start juggling and to really force it. Yeah, there's a great um, great oddballs video. Have you seen the the oddballs video of him of him performing? Uh, no, not performing, but like doing five quad back crosses. Like this is way back in the early 90s or something. Yeah, it's amazing. And fi- five ball mills mess. I mean. There is now nowadays lots of jugglers who can do it, but he, yeah, I think it's about 15 years ago he could already do that trick. Yeah, it was quite amazing. He was actually one of the judges at the Dutch Juggling Championship as well, so I actually got to know him a bit there as well. Cool. What, any, like, who's your main hero, like a non-juggling hero as well? Oh, that's really hard. I mean, talking about heroes, I really don't know. Actually, it's it's really hard to tell, but. My girlfriend, she's really important for, to me. Like, she, she always, she's always there. I mean, that's really important. Good answer. Um, another question: Do you have a cat? Yeah. What's, what's the name of the cat? Miss Miss. Miss Miss. Well, you're actually the first juggler who have asked that question to. Who, who actually has has got a cat? Uh, uh, what? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Forget it. We'll, um, we'll we'll leave the cat question. It's just it's sort of like a listener uh, supplied questions as okay, well. Because yeah. I say, hey, what shall I ask? And everyone says, do you have a cat? Uh, anyway, um, and, it, and I was wondering, like, you know, it's what does that question? Can't you remember I asked Rio Yabi? Oh no, you might not listen well, to that. I might add something to it because I found my cat on a on a tour in uh, on Fuerteventura. It was a really small cat, and we found her somewhere. Uh, next to the road and well she was really sad and I didn't know if she was going to make it but she did and brought her back to Holland you flew back to Holland with a cat in your pocket yeah and that was really great as well as a dog we also found a dog there <laughs> great stuff um, any questions for, for me any questions for me and Polar? yeah I'm really happy that you found each other on the Dutch championships <laughs> I actually I didn't know that so I'm really happy that I organized this thing. But how has things, there's a question for you, because you moved to Berlin. How has things changed for you? In Berlin, well, it's just a fantastic, fantastic place for, for juggling. We go and see loads of shows in Berlin. We train in Berlin. There's juggling clubs every night of the week if we want to go. Of course, we don't. We only go to two uh, juggling nights a week uh, regularly, don't we? Um, Pony, what did you say? Yeah. Well, Pony's got no answers to that uh, one. So I have a question for you, actually. Yeah, because. No, no, I, I don't mind, but I really have a question for you because you were really quick yesterday in the painting, uh, in, in, in the show, painting uh, Luke. Um, so what's your background? How, what, what do you do? <laughs> um, I'm an artist, but not like juggling-wise, but painting-wise, and a graphic designer. So I earn my money with art. Yeah. So m- that, is, that is your main job? Yes. It is. And juggling is still a hobby. 
kind of, depending how it leads us. That's like, great. When Luke gets a solo show, I won't do it. Um, and if we get a show together or if we can take part in a show, yeah, that will be my main job then for how, however long it takes. Of course, I'm aiming to get gigs with Polar, so when we go on the road, I'm not by myself, and then Polar's not left by herself back in Berlin as well. So. I really liked your routine, so go for it. Don't worry, we are going for it. Um, actually, the idea for the routine came to me in a dream. It was really weird that I actually dreamt of a, a juggling routine with me, with me juggling and Polar painting. And, um, and yeah, we just workshopped it a lot, talked a lot about it, and... Uh, and about, what, six, seven months later, we performed Wasn't it. Wasn't it like one of the first nights in our new flat in Berlin? Yeah, that was actually true. We moved to Berlin and we, we didn't even have a bed or anything. We just had like a mattress on the floor. Or do we even have a mattress there by then? I think yeah, we just, carpet. we had like a, a, like a mat on the floor. We were just sleeping on there. And uh, yeah, it just came to me. And it was sort of like a, a, like a, a new thing to work on in the new routine, uh, in the new flat as well. Um, final words for jugglers. You know, just one one juggler to another. If you've got any piece of advice, any message to share with the juggling world, um, what would that piece of advice be or the message that you want to share? Don't hurry. You've got plenty of time to learn all the tricks you want. That's fantastic. That's a great, great last word. Well, Marco, I'll for me, <laughs> you're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't hurry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, from me, from Pola, uh, and for everyone listening to the podcast, thank you very much. You're welcome. So thank you very much to Marco Bonissimo for that interview. Thank you. Um, I really enjoyed it. Polo, did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. It's actually quite interesting to hear what, what he was asking us at the end about what you were doing and what your main job was, Polo. And you're still doing that, aren't you? You're still doing um, graphic design. Yeah, I'm still doing all of my jobs. Except you're less artist, artistic work at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, but just because I don't have the time, because juggling is my main job. But that's great, and it has actually worked out, and we said we'd stick by the plan, and this is yeah, what we're going. soon I need a break, because I need to, to do my... My my passion again, my uh, art. Probably we get a break in September. Yeah, great. I'll I'll take a break for my other job. So <laughs> cool. Thank you. But anyway, the uh, as we said, yeah, the plan is working, and um, yeah. So uh, should we move? Should we wrap up the podcast, Polar? Yeah. Okay. Maybe a podcast next week, as we've already said. Um, uh, send in your emails, please, to luke at juggler.net or polarbrentler at yahoo.com. Those are the email addresses. And send in any, what you said before, topics that you want. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you, if you have any topics that you want us to talk about. And I don't mean, like, specific questions with that, like, uh, I'm going to that convention, how is it? Or what shall I take? Or what, yeah, nothing personal. More, like common issues or like big themes about things that yeah. they want us to discuss like like the the workshops we, not workshops we had like the the how to host a show and yeah we've how got to some, host games yeah things. i've got so many emails back from people saying thanks a lot for the workshop that you did i learned a lot and the show could have gone really badly but it was the first time i've hosted and it went really well so i'm, I'm really pleased with that and also the the games uh one that we did as well we have got the workshop workshop hopefully coming up in june or july with matt hall we're really excited about that <laughs> Woo! Um, otherwise, yeah, just keep it sending in the feedback and uh, yeah, shorter podcast this week, which is good, I guess. Um, yeah, because I need to go to bed. Yeah, we really so do. Time. So uh, we have to get up at five o'clock. Yeah, we've already said. Yeah, but it's very important to me. And I'm oh, sorry. Anyway, let's uh, let's wrap this up, guys. See you later. Bye.